two, one. Cue the sirens. This is the 10 After 7 podcast. I'm recording this live on July 2nd, 2018, and it is an emergency podcast. That's right. NBA free agency kicked off on the 1st of July. LeBron James signs as a Los Angeles Laker. One of the all-time great players is now playing for the all-time greatest franchise in maybe American sports history. And hey, he signed a deal. Four years, $153.3 million. He's committed. They're committed. And then 24 hours later, everyone's down in the dumps. The Golden State Warriors did it again. They decided to go after Boogie Cousins. Great center, granted. Coming off an Achilles injury. Very tough injury to come off of. We've seen Wesley Matthews, Kobe Bryant, especially for a big man. But they signed him anyway. One year, $5.3 million. And Twitter lost its shit. Like always, like last year and the year before, oh, it's over. We already know who's going to win the championship. You're probably right, even without Boogie Cousins. There's a reason why the Golden State Warriors won 72 games a couple years ago have won back-to-back NBA championships, and will probably win a third. Is there parity in the NBA? Not much. Is there parity in other sports? More than the NBA. So I'm bringing on my good buddy. He texted me about the emergency podcast. Have this right now, right here. Ryan Music of Fox Sports, executive producer of the Doug Gottlieb Show, is coming up next to discuss it all. Ryan Lewis Music. What's going on, man? Hey, I'm here. The floor is going to be yours to start because you texted me hot <laughs> podcast 20 minutes after we didn't even really get into a debate on Twitter. I said one thing, you came back at me. While I was writing my paragraph, I got your text. So I said, the hell with it. Let's discuss. Let's do it now. All right. So are we starting there or are we starting in chronological order? Or do you just uh, want me to decide? You can decide. All right. Well, I think we should start in chronological order. So let's, let's go with what, what happened first. Big news in the NBA. Paul George decides to stay with the Thunder. You know, I'm, I'm actually shocked. I did think after all of this. He was going to end up coming to the Lakers. I thought he was going to stick with what he had said initially when he let's, out of let's, Indiana. Let's say, does that – because I, I did an intro for this podcast, and I talked about free agency, and I felt like that happened so long ago, I didn't even mention that. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, after everything that's happened since then, it does seem like it's, you know, last year's news. But that's sort of what set everything into play, I feel like. Um, the fact that he decided to go back to OKC – Knowing that Carmelo Anthony had opted into that contract, he wants to play with Russ, and then LeBron James ends up going to the Lakers. And I kind of feel like if you flip-flop the two, if LeBron committed to the Lakers before Paul George committed to the Thunder, I think he ends up on the Lakers. Ah, Don't you think discussions... Go ahead. Go ahead. You go ahead. All right. (laughs) I was just going to say, I feel like he did want to play with Russ, but it's also because he didn't know what what LeBron was going to do. 
So I do think he's happy with the fact that he stayed with the Thunder. I think that's ultimately what he wants. But I think he's impressionable. You know, the idea that he didn't take a meeting with the Lakers at all means that, to me, that means that he's an impressionable person. If he sat down with Magic and Rob Palenka and heard them out, he would have been convinced to go with the Lakers. And then if you add in the fact that had LeBron committed to the Lakers before Paul George, he definitely would have been swayed in that direction. So behind closed doors, though, the discussion had to be had with Paul George and LeBron James. But then you hear reports that LeBron James didn't care he was going to do whatever he wanted to do. And that's even in the Lee Jenkins piece. Right. He told Magic and them, hey, I don't care if you guys get Kawhi. You guys don't have to make a move in a certain amount of time. I'm doing this. It's a move for my family. And I'm committing four years here because it's a long-term thing for me. So, I, But I want to know if Paul George – that had to, there had to be a discussion to let Paul George know, okay, LeBron, really, he's not making a decision or is he making a decision or was he completely out of the loop? I think he was out of the loop. Um, you know, I think I think a lot of the reporting is true. I think LeBron was willing to commit to the Lakers regardless of who they were going to get this summer because of the fact that he wants it to be a long-term plan. But I'm not sure if LeBron definitely knew what he wanted to do, and he may have reached out to Paul George, and Paul George might have said, like, hey, look, I'm, I'm leaning towards OKC. And for LeBron, they may have just been like, all right, well, that's cool. I'm going to L.A. anyway. But I think if LeBron had made a hard sell and been like, dude, I'm coming to L.A., you should come with and gotten the ball rolling in the right direction. Because, look, it, it, when Paul George committed to OKC Saturday night, that tells you there was a long process to where he had already kind of known what he was doing. I don't think Paul George came to that decision, you know, them planning the party, doing that whole thing. There was a lot of reports leading up to Saturday night that he was the, – the Thunder were feeling confident that they were going to end up getting Paul George because they basically had a year-long recruitment process. So I think if LeBron if, – if you had said LeBron loses to the Warriors, he gets swept, the next day he texts Paul George and says, how do you feel about L.A.? I think this whole thing is different because then you have several weeks of Paul George seriously considering the Lakers, knowing that he can team up with LeBron James – Instead, I honestly think LeBron didn't finally make up his mind until Paul George had already decided he's going back to OKC and he didn't want to go back on his word. Do you think LeBron didn't give it a hard sell because maybe he doesn't want to play with Paul George? Maybe he'd rather play with Kawhi and that's the route he wants to go? I mean, that's a good point. It's a really good point. I actually hadn't hadn't really thought about that. Um, It's certainly possible. I definitely think, and I've, I've thought this for a while, you know, a lot of people and a lot of reputable reporters have said, like, look, LeBron to the Lakers, consider it done. They've been saying it for months. They've even been saying it since he lost to the Warriors at the end of two seasons ago, the first title that they won with Kevin Durant. Um, I'm, I'm more on the side of I think LeBron James has just approached this whole free agency period as I'm LeBron and I'll just kind of decide what I want to do when I want to decide it and we'll figure everything else out as it comes together, which is a lot of what you've heard from other people reporting that like he's willing to make a long-term commitment, whether or not they get any stars this summer. So it's, it's certainly a good question. I don't know. Um, I do think LeBron James is not overly concerned with the fact that they did not get Paul George. So I guess I do kind of agree with you in the sense of, 
I think he knows now that he's in L.A. and he's rooted up there for several years, something he never did in Cleveland, which is why they couldn't get Paul George in that trade last summer. Um, he knows now he can convince people like Kawhi Leonard. And, you know, look, next se- next summer, there's a ton of free agents. But, you know, I don't know if it's possible. Kevin Durant's going to be a free agent again. We already know Clay Thompson's going to be a free agent. Jimmy Butler, obviously, Kawhi Leonard. I mean, there are some big-name players. Kevin right? Durant could be a free agent. Yeah. I mean, it's it, there, there are a lot of options on the table for the Lakers. I'm sure LeBron James isn't losing sleep over the fact that he won't be able to play with Paul George. So there's that. And then kind of with what happened in OKC, we just mentioned it, how Paul George, they kind of had a whole year-long recruiting process to it. The next step for me, which I've been talking to a lot of people about, is do the Lakers have to trade for Kawhi Leonard? Because the Spurs are going to want something. We know they don't want to trade with the Lakers. The Lakers have the most assets to trade. And I think the last thing the Lakers want to do is let Kawhi get traded to a place like Philadelphia, and they could recruit him with that talented team. And the same thing happens all over again. Kawhi says, you know what? I like it here in Philly. It's my best chance. The Eastern Conference is weak. The West is still tough with the Warriors out there. And I'm going to stay there right now. Well, I mean, yeah, look, if you're if you're the Lakers, going to keep that in the back of your mind, where if you have the chance to package up some assets and get Kawhi now and just put him alongside LeBron James and know that they'll be able to develop that relationship over this season and then sign a bigger deal next season and sort of hold up the roots of the franchise for the next four to five years. Sure. You do it. The only reason I see it as different is, is I, like I said, I do think Paul George made up his mind to commit to the thunder, having no idea what LeBron was doing. Cause I don't think LeBron knew what he was doing. So now that LeBron has said, Hey, look, I'm in LA for the next three to possibly even four and maybe even longer than that seasons. It makes a difference. I think Kawhi Leonard can look at that and go, I'm willing to also go to L.A. now. I don't think Paul George was ready to go. I don't think Paul George is ready to go to the Lakers knowing he would be the only star. And LeBron James was confident enough to, to do that on his own. And I think Kawhi Leonard sees that, and he's willing to make that jump. You do bring up a good point, though, because if he goes to the 76ers and they have a successful season, you do run a big risk. I just don't know if the Sixers are willing to move the big assets that they would have to move in order to get him from the Spurs. Cause the Spurs are going to ask a lot. I mean, we just, we know that a star like Kawhi Leonard, I mean, look, look at what Carmelo Anthony got in his prime and look at what Paul George got last summer and Kawhi Leonard is better than both of them. So, you know, it's going to be a lot. And I just don't know if Philly's going to be willing to give up a star player. I mean, we've seen Sarich Covington, couple of first round picks i would do it if i was philly i just don't know if that's what the spurs are going to be willing to accept right now and if i'm the lakers i'm a little nervous because you're right if they go and they make a run in the eastern conference you're definitely looking at another paul george situation so but if i'm the lakers i also don't want to give up too much because you see what that does to the team and you see how you need to have depth like the warriors are top heavy but they were almost taken down by the Rockets if Chris Paul had stayed healthy. And the reason the Rockets were able to do that is because of depth and because of matchups. So if I'm the Lakers, I don't go too overboard by selling the farm just to try and get Kawhi Leonard. And it's a good way to pivot to the Warriors right now because maybe with Kevin Durant signing that one-in-one deal with the Warriors, yes, he could be a free agent next year. 
but the Warriors are still the Warriors. And do you really have a shot this year, even if you trade for Kawhi to take down the Warriors? I don't think you do. So there's another reason why the Lakers can stay pat. I don't think they should because of what we just mentioned. But maybe they are thinking, hey, year one, let's sign a bunch of these guys to the one-year deal. And they've said, I think, six months ago during the season, we kind of have our eyes set on 2019 as well. I know they have LeBron now, but that free agent class is what you said it was. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I do think that they're in it for the long haul. And that, and that's what people need to realize about beating the Warriors is the Warriors weren't some overnight sensation. They themselves, one of the most dominant dynasties that we've seen in modern sports, didn't happen overnight. They had to draft Steph Curry. They had to draft Clay Thompson. They had to draft Draymond Green. And then they had to build that up over time. And then even before they got Kevin Durant, they had to end up getting Andre Iguodala in free agency and Sean Livingston in free agency. And so this wasn't like a team that randomly came together in a year. This was like a five, six-year process. So it's going to be the same thing in order to take them down. You're going to have to be a team that commits to a long-term plan of collecting young talent and balancing it out with maybe a big free agent or two like what the Lakers are doing in order to take down a team that's that talented. You're not just going to be able to get a star or two on a team and think you're going to be able to compete with the Warriors. I mean, we saw it with the Rockets, but even the Rockets were a team comprised of players that have been together for several years. Clint Capella, James Harden, uh, also Eric Gordon. They had played together on the Rockets for a couple of years prior to that. Then what did they do? They went out and got the big fish in Chris Paul. So you need to have a core of players together who are comfortable with each other then try to land that big free agent to take down the Warriors. It's not just going to happen overnight. I just don't think that's realistic. Yeah, and then once you get those two stars, now we can talk about Boogie Cousins, because once you get a Kawhi and a LeBron, and I actually read an article, I think it was Alex Kennedy who wrote it, and he has a bunch of anonymous players saying, yes, we will take the minimum to come play with LeBron James in Los Angeles, and that's a draw. Kawhi, LeBron, that's when you could build a team, and it might be quicker than the Warriors. Yeah, the Lakers drafted pretty well, Lonzo, Kuzma, Ingram. But if you're going to get Kawhi Leonard and LeBron James, I don't think it'll be too hard to fill that roster out in the next two years. Yeah, exactly. And, I mean, just like you said, you know, veteran players are willing to take a pay cut because part of what is – what this rise in the salary cap year after year with the NBA is doing is a couple of things. Obviously the people at the top get even richer, right? I mean, we're seeing these 30 million, 35 million, a few years down the road, people who take these max contracts are going to be making like 40 million a year. It's just ridiculous. But what that's also doing is it's raising the floor. I mean, these, these minimum year contracts and even, even the guys at the top, can still take a pay cut and make a ridiculous amount of money. I mean, we've already seen it with Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant has not taken the most money possible to play with the Golden State Warriors. He's taken just a little bit less so they have enough money to spread around to other people. But what's just a little bit less when you could be making $35 million and he's settling for $30 million? That's what's creating these loopholes to where they're able to get other players. And that's what you were just saying with the Lakers. If they see championship potential on the horizon – Next season, you know, with LeBron being on the Lakers, let's say they're competitive, they make a serious run at the Western Conference Finals, they lose to the Warriors in a competitive series in the Western Conference Finals, 
they get Kawhi Leonard in the offseason, yeah, you'll see some guys probably sign up at the end of their career being contributors off the bench. I wouldn't be surprised whatsoever. I just I, – I don't think that the Lakers have to go all in on getting Kawhi right now. If I'm the Lakers, I do feel confident that he'll want to come knowing that LeBron James is already here for the long term. So that's what I wanted to talk about. You think the Lakers shouldn't. So does that mean you think the Sixers should trade for Kawhi Leonard? Man. Uh, yeah. I mean, I, I'd take a run at it. Uh, because you don't, you're not you going know, through, you you're not going to the Warriors. LeBron James, you know how many teams in the Eastern Conference are ecstatic that LeBron James went West? Now it's the yeah, Boston oh yeah, Celtics, healthy Boston Celtics, I believe. Right. Is the front runner in the Eastern Conference now. Totally agree. And that's why if I'm the Celtics, or sorry, that's why if I'm the 76ers, I'm looking at what type of assets we can put together to get a Kawhi Leonard because that's who we have to go up against. I mean, forget about trying to compete with the Warriors. I don't think the 76ers are as good as the Celtics just yet. I mean, the Celtics, people forget, like, it's, it's interesting, you know, and we've talked about this on our show uh, with Doug, is like, the Celtics have some success in the postseason, and they beat a couple of really good teams. You know, let's not get it twisted. They definitely played incredibly well, very, very well, exceeded expectations. Now all of a sudden people are like, oh, trade Kyrie Irving. Do you really need Gordon Hayward? Those guys are really good, if not great, NBA players. And I I think people have, like, forgotten – how great they really are and how talented and how good that team is going to be in the Eastern Conference when they come back healthy. So, yeah, if I'm the 76ers and I have a chance to go get Kawhi Leonard to put us in contention with the team to beat in the East, especially with LeBron James gone, absolutely. But, obviously, I'm not moving off of Simmons. I'm not moving off of Embiid. Um, yeah, I mean, Sarge and Covington, I, I would seriously look at giving them up. I would give up Fultz. Why not Fultz? Oh, I'd give up Fultz. I just don't think teams want Fultz. I just don't think – I mean, you could throw him in there, but I don't know how much of a a deal a deal sweetener he is. I think teams are seriously worried that he's got the yips with that jump shot. So it's Covington, Sarge, and a couple first-rounders. So what do you think – the La- if yeah. you're the Lakers, what would you offer? Oh, man, if I'm the Lakers I – think, I think the one to keep, which – I don't think the Spurs and without him are going to make a deal is Brandon Ingram. I think he's got the highest ceiling of Kuzma, Lonzo and Ingram. That's just my personal opinion. Yeah. I mean, if you want to talk about like total, if he optimizes all of his potential, I agree. I mean, I do think, you know, the thing with Kuzma that people forget about is he played several years in college. He wasn't a one and done. So in terms of athleticism, you know, he's still a few years away from hitting his like athletic peak in his late twenties. But he is he he was better than Ingram and Lonzo sooner because his game was already more refined by playing more years in college. So he will improve because you're bound to improve the more years you play in the NBA. I mean, he is still a rookie regardless of how you look at it. I um, I just think that he will. He's not going to be all of a sudden Kevin Durant. You know, I mean, you, you kind of already can see how good he can be, which is a, a really solid contributing player. Like if Kyle Kuzma is your Draymond Green, if he's like your fourth best player, you're going to have a really good team, you know. 
But if he's your second best player, you're probably not in a great position to win 50 games in the West every year. Um, so I'd like to hold on to Kuzma if I can. But, I mean, look, I'd certainly give up Lonzo. I think, I think Lonzo still – I'm not calling him a bust. I know a lot of people call him a bust. But I, I, would, I would give up Lonzo. I would probably give up Brandon Ingram, and I'd probably give up a first-round pick. I'd give up those three. So that's definitely all right. that, that's already a better deal than the Sixers. And it's interesting. I just listened to Brian Windhorse talk about it for five to ten minutes on Zach Lowe's podcast that LeBron legitimately – he thinks LeBron really wants to play with Lonzo Ball, which I, which I find does. fascinating. I mean, I'm sure he does. Like, there, there have been – I don't know. I, actually, I didn't hear that uh, – podcast in particular but i know chris broussard from fox sports one has talked about you know people close to lebron part of the reason why people were trying to link him to the 76ers and free agency was because he'll pair up with ben simmons because at this point in his career lebron's willing to play off the ball so i'm not surprised to hear that he would be potentially interested in playing with excuse me lonzo ball i just I, I that jump shot worries me, and I know he can work on it, but it was good enough in college to say, "Hey, you know, maybe he can improve it, and it'll work in the NBA." And he struggled a lot. And I know Ben Shim- Ben Simmons isn't a knockdown shooter either, but he at least doesn't have an awkward technique that makes you wonder <laughs> if he even has the ability to break it down and build it back up. Um, so I'd be willing to move off him. I'm not convinced he's transcendently great. I would rather have Ben Simmons than Lonzo Ball. And I don't think that's, you know, some sort of hot take. I think a lot of people would, but that goes to show you that I'd be willing to move off of Lonzo yeah. Ball and I wouldn't be able I wouldn't be willing to move off of Ben that's Simmons. That's what I that's so. what I ask people when they're talking about the Lakers making a trade for Kawhi, because I've been on the wagon to trade for Kawhi. I say, What do you think these guys are gonna be? Because they're saying, No, we gotta hold right. on to Ingram, we gotta we can't give up Kuzma, we can't give up ball. And I say, How many all star selections do you think? Is he going to be an all-NBA yeah. guy or not? Because Kawhi Leonard has already won a finals MVP. He's a defensive player of the year. So they're not that. They won't ever get to that. So what, what's the deal? Right, that's no. what I want to hear. And you, that's why I just like what you said. You said, I don't think he's a transcendent player. So, yeah, that's when you get rid of him. You explain Kuzma. He played a lot of years in college. He's more developed than them. I kind of like Ingram because I think we haven't seen – what this guy could do. And I really think he could be, I think he could be a lot of things. I think I've seen him. You've seen him attack the hoop. I think on a team with LeBron, he can spot up in the corner when you need him to. And he could also take, I think he's the guy to take pressure off LeBron. And we've seen LeBron's teams need that one guy. And if they don't get Kawhi this year, that's that's what I want to see how he works with Brandon Ingram. Is Brandon Ingram going to be that guy hey, here's 10 minutes, five-minute stretches where I could score 15, or is it going to be Kuzma? I think that's going to be interesting to see which one of those two step up and can be that guy alongside LeBron. Well, yeah, I mean, a couple of things here. Number one, I mean, that's a good point you bring up in the sense of, you know, a lot of people look at the the Lakers roster right now and they go, you know, do any one of these players have enough talent to really play with LeBron James, especially in a big playoff series. I mean, obviously, I I can't say definitively that I have the answer right now, but what I do think is worth pointing out is that you look at the Lakers roster last year, and they were intentionally playing young players alongside 
some veteran guys who had never been the, you know, total franchise corner pieces, right? I mean, the veterans that were getting serious minutes last year, Brooke Lopez, Contavious Caldwell-Pope, you know, these aren't necessarily guys who are supposed to be your go-to offensive players. And they did that for a reason. So players like Lonzo Ball and Kyle Kuzma and Brandon Ingram can have the ball in their hands. Well, that's a totally different dynamic when they're all trying to prove that they're the best player on the court. You then put them alongside players like LeBron James. Now, Brandon Ingram isn't going against the other team's best defender. He's going against the team's second best defender. And Kyle Kuzma's not going against the team's second best defender. It's, you know, it's all about those matchups. So when you take these young players who showed some flashes of potential last year, you put them on a team with LeBron James, who is always going to get the other team's best defender, sometimes going to get that plus some extra help. And it totally revolutionizes and changes the way you run your offense and your matchups. So I do think that that's something important to keep in mind when you're looking at these young players having to go onto a team with LeBron and how they fit with one another. You know, it's not just the benefit of playing with LeBron and learning from someone as great as he is. It's legitimately the matchups that you get because teams have to put so much focus on LeBron offensively just to try and stop him and one thing we haven't talked about yet that is worth you know it is a point of concern talking about trading for Kawhi Leonard not just whether or not he's going to commit to your team long term I mean the injury I wanted I wanted to bring that up like it was in the back of my head each time I talked about him because he can come I mean and it's a bad it's a horrible I don't think it's talked about enough and I think it's because Kawhi doesn't have a personality and he doesn't say much but it's a horrible look when you sit out, what did he play? Nine games? Nine, nine games, yeah. games. Tony Parker comes out and says something bad about you. We know the discord between him and Popovich. Popovich can't even, you know, sit down and convince this guy, hey, play for me. I got all these championships. San Antonio's never had a blip of any controversy. And this Kawhi Leonard guy doesn't even show up to the playoff series to support his teammates. I found I find it bizarre. It's not talked about, and kind of a lot of people are on Kawhi Leonard's side. I yeah, I'm I'm kind of one of those people. Um, you know, I it's hard to say. I don't know exactly what's been going on with the whole. You know, his uncle is now becoming sort of his representation, and a lot of people think that that's what's sort of leading to the divide. Did he go to ten? Between... Did he go to ten different doctors to finally find that one that said, "Hey, yeah, you should sit out the rest of the season." And that's the one I heard that was very odd. Right, right, and and I do think all of that raises some flags. I will tell you personally, one thing that would be a deal breaker is having teammates who I've played with, who I've won a championship with, who I was the best player on that team when we won that championship. And they're questioning my toughness by saying, oh, yeah, we had the same injury. Mine was 100 times worse. And look, I'm out here playing. That can be a deal breaker for me. If I'm Kawhi Leonard and Tony Parker says that out in public and isn't willing to come talk to me face-to-face about it, and he's just going to air out the dirty laundry, basically calling me weak or saying I'm a faker or questioning my toughness, I, I don't know if that guy can be my teammate anymore. Why haven't why haven't we heard any backlash towards Kawhi? That's what I want to know. Because I feel like any other player in the NBA, you could name really well, anyone. Damian Lillard, he would get trashed if he didn't show up to to playoff games. 
Kevin Durant. We know that. I mean, you could pick stars. Like, Damian Lillard is a pretty big star. Everyone knows yeah. him. And I think if he did the same thing, he would get tons of backlash. And Kawhi has not. And it's even more weird that he's playing for the, in my opinion, I think the greatest NBA coach ever. Well, I mean, uh, you know, he has gotten some backlash. Like, I know the first one that popped in my head is, like, Steven Jackson. He played for the Spurs. He's an NBA champion. You know, he's pretty loud, opinionated. We'll tell you exactly what I think. You know, he's he's ripped Kawhi Leonard for his lack of involvement with the team. Um, I can't think of a lot of others, so I do think you're right. I don't think he's gotten as much criticism as some of, some of the other NBA stars of his same talent level would get for the same situation. I I do think it just comes with the fact that people can see his side of it and they can look at it and go like, man, he's getting kind of hung out to dry by pop and by his teammates. So maybe there's something there that we don't know. I mean, it's, it's kind of like the Patriots, you know, sometimes there's just this mystique around the franchise where, so little information ever comes out when a little bit does you don't ever really know the full story so people are kind of left to come up with their own opinion instead of being able to go off of actual fact because you have Kawhi's side and you have the Spurs side and no one's able to get to the bottom of the truth because they don't really know which side is correct and which side isn't just playing a PR game yeah and I, I just find it fascinating that the Spurs with their track record really aren't having enough people on their side. And that's that's what I think. So let's jump to the this last signing that happened today. Boogie Cousins, one year, five point three million. You can lay out what he first tweeted because listen, we don't <laughs> we don't want to talk for what did we talk for an hour last time and I couldn't get the podcast up. So we just need to jump <laughs> into that before anything else. So lay lay it down. Boogie Cousins okay, signs well, and say what you tweeted. Okay, right. So for for those who don't know the story, Demarcus Cousins one of the best big men in the league signed for the mid-level exception, which means the warriors who already are always constantly at the top of the cap, if not paying luxury tax because they have to afford to keep all their stars. Mid-level exception just means they can bring this guy in without having to pay luxury tax. So they bring in DeMarcus Cousins. He signs for, I think it's like $5.3 million. And people on Twitter are freaking out just like, this is the Warriors. The rich get richer. They have the best lineup in NBA history. It's just like the NBA season's already over. Let's start looking towards the 2020 season because we already know the Warriors are which we in which we hear every single year. They're just like losing their minds. So you know, n- number one, let's point out the fact that Demarcus Cousins is coming off of a torn Achilles. Okay, so it's not as if he's just like healthy as can be, averaged 45 points a game last year and decided to just take a pay cut just to join the Warriors. There's reason number one, he was forced into the situation where he had to take a significant pay cut is because he's coming off a significant injury that nobody knows, number one, when he'll be fully healthy again. But, you know, like he didn't get injured at the beginning of last year. The Achilles takes months, if not a year, to fully come back from. And he did this like mid season last year. So you're hoping that he's potentially hundred percent healthy by mid season of next year. Number two, Adrian Wojnarowski said on 
Sports Center earlier today, there were other teams in the NBA with plenty of cap space who had no interest in signing DeMarcus Cousins because we know that he has a volatile personality and he's not known as being a great locker. Not one. He said so not, not one other team. He didn't say not one other team. He said there were plenty of other teams with cap space who had no interest. Okay. So let's not make it, let's not make it sound like every team in the NBA was making a bid on him and he just decided to take less money to go to the Warriors. I mean, there were several reasons why DeMarcus Cousins, who we all know is incredibly talented, was not going to end up with a ton of money this offseason. Okay, but one the injury but one, and the attitude. But okay, so this injury, we know how severe it is. We've seen players go through it. I think that's a risk taking a one-year deal, $5.3 million coming off that injury, not knowing how good you will be. And we know how talented he was. I think, don't you think he would want a, at least a two-year deal, at least some security coming off that? Players usually want security when they don't, they don't yeah. know what's going to happen going forward. Look, I, I, get, I get what you're saying. And without knowing exactly other teams and what they offered, it's hard to say what he turned down in order to play with the Warriors. But let's be honest, here's another thing we know about pro athletes. They're pretty arrogant. So he's also taking a bet on himself that, hey, I'm Boogie Cousins. I can come back healthy. I can come back and show that I'm still good. I'll do what all these other guys have been doing with the Warriors for the past three years. I'll go take a cheap contract, win a championship, rehab my image, and show people that I can still play ball. But we're getting distracted. Let's get back to the point. So that, that's, that's DeMarcus Cousins. Took a cheap contract, teaming up with the Warriors. Everybody's freaking out, saying that they've won the title again. So what I tweeted out, what you had mentioned – is that since 2001, there have only been five different quarterbacks to represent the AFC in the Super Bowl. Let's not get carried away thinking that the NFL isn't somewhat predictable as well. So those five quarterbacks are Tom Brady, Peyton Manning, Ben Roethlisberger, and then Rich Gannon and Joe Flacco each have done it once. So my only thing is to point out that, like, I get it. You know, Warriors, Cavaliers, part four got a little old. We had kind of thought that, you know, especially the last two years, these were going to be the two teams we expected to see in the finals. And then the Warriors just ended up going out and dominating. It got a little stale. I can, I can admit that. That's fine. But let's also not pretend that at the beginning of the football season, we don't somehow think, like, every team has a chance to win the Super Bowl. Basically, you look at the top five, maybe top ten teams that all have legitimate starting uh, that all have legitimate star quarterbacks. And you have a pretty good idea of who's going to be there at the end of the year. Most notably, Tom Brady, Big Ben and the Steelers, Aaron Rodgers and the Packers if he stays healthy. I mean, like, it's it's not as if the NFL is some crapshoot every single year. And everyone wants to, you know, give the NBA a hard time. Like, we always know what the outcome is. You kind of know what the outcome is, is going to be with the NFL as well. It's not as unpredictable as people try to make it out to seem. Okay, so my point was, I wasn't trying to, to debunk you. I was just saying I don't think people care as much in the NFL because the Super Bowl is one game, and you can upset. We've seen it before. Tom Brady's been upset because Eli Manning had the greatest two minutes of his life. Two different times. He upset the Patriots when everyone, I mean, they almost went undefeated. You were the only one at my house during that Super Bowl party 
rooting for the damn Patriots. That's right. So, so we've seen that it's one game and the NBA, you got a seven game series. So we see LeBron put up 40, 52, 45, best player having the greatest series and they get swept in a seven game series. Almost every single time, the better team is going to win. That's not the case with the NFL, so I don't think people care. The last time a team went back-to-back was the Patriots 04-05. Before that was the early 90s with the Cowboys. So I think, it's, I think that's the reason why people aren't up in arms about the NFL with five of the same quarterbacks competing for the Super Bowl every year. No, and I, I, get, I get that point, My, and I'm not trying to argue that the NBA is more unpredictable or more volatile than the NFL. I mean, that's just factually incorrect. Uh, so I do agree with you that there is a certain sense of a one and done lose and go home type of environment that surrounds the NFL that draws in more people. We can both agree on that. I just, people take it to such an extreme sometimes with the NBA that I'm like, hold on, let's also keep it in perspective with the NFL. It's not as if anyone thinks the Browns are going to somehow make a run through the AFC playoffs next year. It's not as if people somehow think that, like, you know, the Jets are the team to beat in the AFC East. You have a pretty good idea. Healthy Aaron Rodgers, they're going to be there in the NFC. Tom Brady stays healthy, they're going to be there in the AFC. Big Ben, Antonio Brown, Le'Veon Bell, they're probably going to be there in the AFC. You know, it all comes down to there in, in every pro sport, there is a top tier of the most elite of elite players. And as long as there aren't catastrophic injuries or total meltdowns, those are the teams you can usually expect to be there in the end. And I just think people have gotten carried away with the small sample size of perhaps four years of the NBA that they somehow use it as an overarching theme of just, oh, the NBA is predictable. Well, did, I, anyone, did anyone think that the Rockets were seriously going to take them to seven games and had Chris Paul been healthy that the Warriors weren't going to actually go back to the NBA Finals? I think, it, I think it's a bigger picture of people just being upset about how much movement there is in the NBA and these super teams teaming up. Let's be honest. No one was mad when David West took that one-year deal <laughs> with the Warriors. It, this is Boogie Cousins. I know he's coming off the injury, but he, without a doubt, has been the best big man for the last five years. And when you look at that Warriors lineup, you're like, there's no way in hell. You can't really look mm-hmm. at a Patriots lineup before the season and go, you know what? They're going to win the Super Bowl. Yeah, they have Tom Brady, but they're not adding another guy. They're not going out and adding Odell Beckham before the season. Like they added not, Brandon Cooks. Yeah, that's true. And a lot of people were stoked on that. But it, that also, also, Brandon. They have Gronk. No, they have Gronk. But there's not that one guy that's jumping from another team to go to the – there is. They're just not as big names. I think NBA, there's five players, let's be honest. You can name every player on every team. The NFL's got 53 men. Right. So you, that there's not that key – when, when's the last time a key acquisition you were like, dang, you know what? They're going to win the Super Bowl now. When's the last time you thought that? Well, I mean, Peyton Manning is the first one that comes to mind. Um, you know, the Rams, I don't know, like their locker room, they may end up getting in fistfights. But, 
they you know they've made a ton of big splash moves but it's not without um, a doubt they're gonna win super bowl right because no, they will definitely. never I mean, be i don't think it'll ever NFL, be that in the nfl the nfl is also different in terms of a lot of the best players don't ever get to free agency because their contracts are non-guaranteed so they end up restructuring their deals or taking exchange taking extensions so it's not like the nba the nba these guys end up going to free agency and that's what you saw in the new collective bargaining agreement when they tried to create these supermax deals in order to entice players to stay but there's so much money to go around that players are willing to go to other places like i said earlier is because someone like kevin durant can leave and he's taking a quote-unquote pay cut to only make 30 million a year as opposed to 35 yeah that's it's it's bigger picture people are upset about that right no yeah so we, we we agree on that i just I just hate when people get too carried away with like, oh, the NBA is so predictable. Like, okay, it is, but like some other sports are just as predictable. I mean, oh, Villanova, one of the best teams ever in in the tournament where people are supposed to just like, it could be one and done and who knew? Oh, who knew the team that was ranked number one several times this year ended up winning the whole tournament and never saw that coming. You didn't. No one saw that coming. No one saw Villanova winning it all coming. College basketball, dude. NCAA tournament. No one was like, from day one, this team's going to win it all. Without a doubt. Like, Warriors is without a doubt. No questions. No questions. That's what the NBA, like, n- no chance. Like, you don't even have to watch the season to know that team is going to be the champions. It's so matter of fact. No other sport is matter of fact like the NBA's been. I, I can agree with you to a certain degree. It is becoming, it has become very predictable. I just I don't find it to be a complete lock that it will continue to be predictable. So, all right, we're we're we got to wrap this up. Yeah. Anything else you want to touch on? Uh, this, if this gets if this doesn't get uploaded, I'm going to be upset. I know we're cutting it close, forty minutes. Uh, yeah, I have one last question, big question. I'm going to put you on the spot, okay? All right, all right. Life or death situation. Gun to your head. You can only order one item from Taco Bell. Ooh. Oh, what are you going with? Cheese gritty to crunch. Oh, you turned me on to those, but I think I'm going chicken quesadilla. There's nothing like that sauce. Ooh, that's good. That's that's a real good option number two, but I, I definitely have to go cheese gordita crunch. When's the last time you went to Taco Bell, by the way? It's been a, it's been like two years for me, uh, which is surprising. In May, actually. My girlfriend and I stopped at Taco Bell on our way up to Paso Robles. How'd you feel after? Uh, not terrible, but I definitely remembered why I don't get Taco Bell very much anymore. <laughs> touche, touche. All right, man. Thanks for, thanks for coming on the emergency podcast. I, hopefully it'll be up tomorrow. I can promise you it, that I'll try. It better be, or I'm never texting you off the whim again to do a, a random emergency podcast. So let's hope that everything works out. All right, man. Good times. Take it easy. All right. Good times. Thank you to my good friend, Ryan Music for the great discussion on NBA free agency and parity across sports. And thank you for listening to the 10 After 7 podcast with your host, Michael Cody Stevenson. You can follow me on Twitter at 10 After 7 or on Instagram at 10 underscore after underscore 7. I'll be back on later this week to talk about maybe the Dodgers taking over first place. Maybe the Lakers trading for Kawhi Leonard. We'll just have to find out. Peace. Thank you.